All right, everybody, here we are. We're talking uh, season three, episode three. Uh, the second episode, uh, episode three, but it really, like, technically, episode two, it gets confusing, but it's episode three because there was back to back episodes the first week. Uh, the Brainy Bunch, uh, boo to boo to boop, uh, and it opens with uh, the ticker tape machines, which now I'm in a paused mode. I can see has a uh, Kind of the strange uh, uh, cryptographic writing we've seen uh, on the screens of the computers in episode one and two, and it may be some other places. I hadn't been paying attention to it till just this second. Um, and Janet and uh, Michael are talking about uh, you know someone infiltrated the group, uh, uh, not just anyone. It's Trevor. Bum bum bum. The worst in the universe. Michael says. Uh, and then we see Trevor with, uh, like, a snap-lit box of his Nana's lemon bars. And he's really trying to be delightful and hand them out. Uh, love them on my lips, hate them on my hips. Uh, and he's kind of, kind of planting seeds with Eleanor. He goes, geez, Eleanor, you're the reason this is all happening. You're the reason everybody's here. Uh, then something, hug, maybe hug, lug, dug. There's a hug between Trevor and Eleanor. He's so happy. Then there's a glare right around a minute, and my time at least, a minute and two seconds in. And after his glare opens, episode 29. We're also at, I didn't look this one up, oops, uh, St. John's University established 1826. Uh, And then uh, Simone's sharing the secret signs or the secret things for... uh, Jason, uh, snorkel safe and whippet canisters. I just realized Chidi's got a really nice kind of yellow Oxford on it, and the stripe in his tie matches his shirt. Uh, and then uh, uh, Tahani says, Geez, uh, to Eleanor, I don't know about these machines we're going to go into uh, uh, the, you know, the chill chamber. She goes, If we're in a brassiere of thin gold, a thin brassiere of pure gold. Uh, then, uh, actually, if you watch it a second or third or fourth time, you kind of see uh, Jason's acting, uh, setting up something that comes later. Uh, but uh, uh, what's his name? Trevor says, what about my dank memes I've been sending, Eleanor? And he actually says a meme introduction. I didn't wasn't familiar with the darn Daniel meme. Uh, but then we see the, the payoff. Uh, Jason's trying to get superpowers. Uh much like uh, the the defender, uh, like uh, what's his name, Peter Parker, the superhero. Uh, Trevor and Mikey uh, meet up uh, in the hall. He kind of gets he says, "What's up with the Dick Tracy look?" Because uh, 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 Michael's in a what is that thing called a raincoat and a fedora, brown fedora. He says, yeah, Dick Tracy called. There's a lot of Dick Tracy jokes. There's also, like, one of those public, the kind of scene at the airport and other places where you can fill your water bottle, which you see on newer water fountains, which is a nice, great option. You say, well, you can fill your water bottle here, too, because uh, a lot of people care, especially at the airport, a water bottle. Don't Here's a, here's a free pro tip, uh, and here's a great place. If you don't see them on sale, you could go to Monoprice, uh, Get yourself a nice, smaller, vacuum-sealed water bottle, uh, similar to the mainstream brands. Monoprice usually has good prices, and usually they have sales all the time, too. And they have a nice little stubby one, I think a 12-ounce one that's good, or more of a 16-ounce or longer one I like. Uh, I mean, I drink a lot of water. Uh, It tells Trevor... Uh, he's like, well, geez, every time Eleanor's asked for Chidi's help, uh, it's worked out. You're powerless to stop us. Uh, sweet desk, Fane, or hub charger. Oh, so they have a back and forth. There's a great desk. I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't go to university anymore. And I don't know if this is the case at other universities, but it has like this. Uh, I've seen these in podcast studios, like a headphone amplifier that everybody plugs their headphone into this was a hub where you could charge your phone and uh, i said wow that's convenient everybody can charge their phone uh, sweet desk phone hub charge 
Eleanor kind of still wants one-on-one ethics lessons. She is a lovely uh, cayenne, cyan, is that an RGBCY? She has a lovely sweater on, but she's like, I think I work better one-on-one. Plus, Trevor's the worst uh, with the essay ethics lessons. Uh, but she's denied by Chidi. He says, this is going to work better. This is what I have time for. Uh, there's also a mention of Tai Chi. I don't know if that was Trevor or who. Then uh, he says, let's go sightseeing. He starts calling them the E Street Band uh, because... Uh, I think he, because he loves, I think cause he like is using Eleanor's initials and everything. He goes, I know the perfect place. For, she goes, no, I'm just going to have some suds and relax. He goes, oh, I know the perfect place. Uh, and then they go, they show an outside shot of the Cowboy Skyscraper Buffet, which had a sign with Uncle Sam that said, I want you to stuff yourself. Uh, and also on the roof, it has two giant flags, a bald eagle, Looks like it has a corkscrew slide inside too. A like a playroom. It has a Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, Washington Monument, Hollywood Hills with fireworks and bunting. And Trevor says, "Geez, can we get to Florida table? Smells just like a swamp. Uh, it's my favorite." And they say, "No, it's here. But if you buy our Manifest Destiny package, you could just take it from the other group that's there." Alicone and Trevor. I don't know what that says. Oh, package. And Trevor has a backpack, which at first I said, what's up with that backpack? Uh, it seems out of place to me, but soon it won't. Uh, it's only, old, old, only old, over one shoulder. And we see that monument on one wall of uh, that famous monument. I think it's called the Washington Monument. Uh, there's also a joke right here I don't get uh, that I didn't pick up on. They show shots of the buffet, but this Washington Monument, I get that one. It has Hasselhoff, uh, Hilton, Hogan. So David Hasselhoff, Paris Hilton, uh, Hulk Hogan, and then Judge Judy, which her name's not an H, I don't believe. And then they're at the Montana table, which has Dana Carvey playing the church lady on it. Uh, and I didn't know if the church lady's from Montana. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, Maybe it's just like a really buried thing I didn't get. Trevor pulls the back, the sweatshirts out of his backpack that say the Brainy Bunch uh, that has everybody's picture on the team, uh, including Simone. I said that was nice of Trevor. Uh, Jason wants to give everyone to give him a Transformers nickname. Uh, Eleanor, uh, something Eleanor. He starts calling her. Uh, uh, like like E-based nicknames. Oh, maybe celebrate Eleanor while you're celebrating. Something jalapeno poppers. Oh, then Janet shows up. Yeah, oh, Janice shows up. She says, while you're celebrating, could I suggest some uh, jalapeno poppers? Uh, hi there, I'm Janet. Uh, Trevor has a WTF look on his face. Also in the background, we could see a Liberty Bell. They must have had trouble not laughing at some of this uh, um, in the background. Also on the table, I thought there was a giant bowl of whipped cream. Turns out it's popcorn. After five seconds, I saw that. They have some sort of Fourth of July cocktail with apple pie, Coke, and Soco, and a hubcap. Uh, then we see that Janet goes back to her workstation. She has no powers. Uh, uh, I will go get them. But I'll be watching. Oh, that's back and forth, I think, with Trevor. Then Trevor says, let's be roomies, all of us. Uh, and Jason says, roomies, like he loves the idea. He says, it'll be totes of fun. Then Janet is pouring drinks. She's pouring cider. Uh, and, and that, uh, but I mean, if, only someone that, I, I got you know, an eye for those details. Uh, both Michael and Janet are out of sorts, you know, and this is like, they're in unfamiliar territory, especially Janet. Uh, focus on the mission, uh, Michael says, uh, Trevor thinks is it, uh, what does that mean? Trevor thinks is it, uh, but they, he's, they plan, Trevor plans this idea, is it okay for you to socialize with people, Chidi, in this study? And then she's like, you're right, I got to get out of here. 
then he calls, he starts calling Eleanor L train. He says, well, all these Star Wars movies, do you think there'd be another Spaceballs? Which I thought they heard they were working on that. Uh, then Eleanor's like, I got to get out of here, Trevor's. Uh, then Janet spills a drink on Trevor. On purpose, accidental. Uh, Trevor says, don't worry, I have extra sweatshirts in my backpack. Uh, Trevor got, tra- Trevor's trying to get uh, stir up trouble with uh, Tahani and Jason, like get them uh, lit. Uh, then Michael goes up to Chidi. He's in librarian mode. Behind them is a flag made of tin cans, a USA flag, uh, in red, white, and blue cans. Uh, can't you ha- have you as my confidant? Uh, I think Chidi says that to Eleanor. I thought we were friends, Eleanor says. Uh, Michael, librarian, Tahani and Jason are flirty. Trevor breaks a rule. Oh, he breaks a rule for se- from season one. That gets you negative points. He tells Janet she'd give more tips if she smiled more. I don't think Alexander... Who's told... Uh, did Burr tell Hamilton that? Or was that... Uh, they said talk less, smile more. But that wasn't a waitress like uh, like saying, hey, give more... You know, the Trevor stinks. Uh, oh, back to the librarian stuff. Stuff I missed. Michael says, this is a librarian from the library. Uh Oh, this was op- this was a little bit eye opening, and then it was even more eye opening later when I think about this dank Daniel means or darn Daniel. He, 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 around twelve minutes in the episode, uh, Chidi or no, uh, Jason and Tahani are flirting, and she says, "You're so pretty," and Jason Jason says, "You're pretty, pretty beautiful." And Trevor has this interesting look on his face. It's both a satisfaction and some uncertainty or jealousy or something. Kind of like when you're looking, you're like looking into something reflecting the sun and you're saying, eh, like, I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, I'm acting confident. I don't know. When I think about it, I'll talk about it with the Daniel meme. And then, no, uh, back to the librarian. He says, we do have a, a, a saying in the librarian game. There's only room for one male subject in academic studies, so keep the first one that showed up. Uh, then Eleanor shows up with a warm root beer for Chidi. He's like, I got to leave. Eleanor leaves. Uh, then we're in the restroom. There's license plates all over the walls. Uh, Trevor says, I like the smells in here. And Trevor's gloating. He's like, this is too easy. Why don't you just give up? Oh, this is what's on the back of the Brady Bunch sweatshirt. I went to Australia, and all I got was this lousy cross-disciplinary academic study and something of new best friends. Uh, you couldn't read that. Uh, I just saw Trevor's look. It's right around 12 minutes, 11.50 or something. With commer- Yeah, I don't know. I'm skipping that. Uh, the next day, we're at Chidi's office. He's wiped out. He didn't sleep good. Simone says, are you all right? You didn't sleep at all last night. I said, what? Sleep over with, like, so that's advanced to the relationship, uh, to total sleepover stage. And uh, he says, you need this study to be airtight, the ethical question of, uh, you know, friendship. Uh, I can't deal with this right now. I've been waiting my whole career for a thesis subject uh, and she says, well, you bit into a raw egg this morning like it was an apple. He said, well, I thought it was hard-boiled. She goes, it still has a shell on it. And then we see Jason and Trevor doing a secret friend handshake, uh, which is kind of some itsy-bitsy spider move. Uh, Tahani rolls in in sunglasses. Uh, so this is where we really see the shining of uh, Kirby Hal Batista. She is who plays Simone. And right around 1450... Uh, into the show, she, like, so Tahani rolls in. She has sunglasses. She says, don't look at me. No one look at me. And just this wonderful moment of acting where she says, I don't even know what to do. Uh, Simone, I said, holy, what skilled, high-level uh, performance. Uh, it just it just really made me laugh. Uh, and it was just so from character. Uh, Tahani says she's overhung. Sorry for my uncouth behavior. I have formal letters of, letters of apology for everybody. Jason, you know, uh, Trevor's hoping for trouble, but she says Jason was a gentleman. And this one took a lot of rewinding, but uh, or whatever you call it, backing. 
so in front of Jason is a sideways notebook, and it says history of, and it took me a while. Like he's taking notes, it's in giant letters, and he's retracing the letters, and it says, finally I found a history of Phil and Sophie. Uh, and then that took me a little bit while, while longer. Phil, Phil, Sophie, Phil and Sophie. Uh, he says to Tahani, you're the formalist person I know. It could be fanciest person. Chidi goes to Eleanor's motel or whatever. She's in bed reading Aus Weekly, AUS Weekly. It says Hemsworthless. Uh, meet Larry, the Hemsworth brother you didn't, they didn't want you to know about. There's also like an Omega, Omega watch style ad on the back for a boomerang. On Eleanor's wall above her nightstand is a, a koala eating, like a eucalyptus or whatever. Motel wall eating. Yeah, Cheaty's still out of it from being too overtired. Needs the podcast is what he needs. Uh, Eleanor actually, at first she has a concern to like, uh, and then she goes into to kind of... Uh, the, the you know less progressive Eleanor, and she says, "I'm going to head back to uh, Arizona." Uh, and they go back for she goes. Finally, I have a path to why because of you. Uh, you're so brave to come out here in the first place. He says, "Just give me three months as a friend to, to stick this study out." At first, Eleanor's like, "No, no, no, no. I, you know what? This is, dude. I'm not." And, and then she goes, "You know what? Yeah, fine. Friendships. You're good at. You talked me into it." Uh, uh, Chidi says, come on, and he walks the wrong day. She's way, way. She says, I'll drive. Uh, then we're in another bathroom again. Trevor's there. He walks in. And the bathroom wall behind him was an ad for the campus band battle, surfing and paddleboard lessons, the International Student Association. And Michael says, Dick Tracy called. I was right. Uh, uh, and then they go back and forth. And he, he says, importantly... Like, uh, these four humans are all I care about. And then the warp door opens, and uh, it's a doorman. And he says, a judge wants to see you. And then he says, he looks around, and he goes, so this is Earth. And he's in the, he turns on the water, and he kind of flicks it with his hands in this playful way. He goes, oh, pretty cool. And then they go back to the bridge. And also, I forgot, maybe I forgot to mention, the judge is played by a wonderful the transcendent Maya Rudolph. Uh, so that was a delight last season, just as a fan. Uh, in this scene, she's just doing a lot, and a lot with her arms later in the scene. But they're back on the bridge. She says, how many times did I tell you to go back to Earth? Uh, Mike goes, well, technically. She goes, one time. Uno, one time. Uh, also, I noticed Trevor was in his top gun coat at this point. Now he's back uh, on another plane of existence. Uh, Trevor said, oh, he tries to, the, uh, uh, what's that, Beaver Cleaver dude. Tries sucking up to her. She flicks him away. Word, she goes, what, you guys are messing with, the, you're messing with all the timelines. There's been weird stuff. England left Europe. Hugh Jackson made a musical about P.D. Barnum. It made $400 million. Uh, Blake Bortles and Jacksonville are going to make the playoffs. He's pretty good. They're pretty okay. Or it's, a, you know, we haven't decided. And she goes, it's your fault. Uh, no more messing around. We're go-, and she goes, we're, you know, leave them be. We're going to go to the bad place. Uh, her arms are moving a ton. She goes, Byron Allen owns the Weather Channel. Uh, then she uh, bounds, pause, back, back sees. Uh, I don't know what that says, but basically Janet's powers come back. Oh, power's back. Uh, and uh, first a lazy boy chair appears, and she says, geez, I'm like a printer. Once the print queue starts going, uh, Janet, you know, you better watch out. Then looks a dish of food. Could be fried rice, a sea turtle, uh, then a rug. Uh, what does that say? Luggage. Uh, Rita. Oh, Pee-wee's bike, a, a Pee-wee-style bike, a pi- pile of boxes or something. Yeah, fancy shopping box, like kind of like a, it was something you see in a really fancy house with like a decorative boxes inside an urn. Yeah, three cups of takeout coffee appear in different places, a high, high hair dryer, plates and bowls, and a file cabinet, uh, 
what does that say? Schwappy cut uh, a tractor, a ladder. What does that say? Shopping cart. That's what it says. For 500 scoots, what does your handwriting say? Shopping cart. It looks like Schweppes cat. A jet ski, a bunch of barrels, uh, a giant billboard that says Trevor Stinks, Janet. Uh, one of those running things. I, I forgot what it was called. Then I remembered it. What is it called? Uh, Pacerizer, where you walk in place, walk around, run in place, uh, running. I don't know what they're called. Uh, you see, I'm going to go when I'm at the hotel. I'm going to go downstairs and run on the treadmill. There you go. It's like a $1,000 pyramid with one person. Uh, a giraffe, a trebuchet, a cable car. What does this say? Stem raker, a traffic cones. Oh, steamroller. Yeah, steam steamroller. A kite or some sort of kite-like thing. Maybe a windmill. I, I believe me. I paused it a lot. Uh, it's all building up. They say, and then uh, Michael says it's between them and the judge. So Michael says, "Let's go." And they face. He faces off with the doorman. Yeah, uh, and they lock eyes, and he basically throws Michael the keys, and he says, uh, "Good luck, Frog Man. I'm pulling for you." And uh, then they get away, and then the judge gets through. She goes, "What happened?" Uh, he goes, "They got away," and she goes, "Thanks, thanks a lot, Jeff. Thanks." So it turns out the uh, doorman's person's name's Jeff. And that's it. That was the end of the episode. Delightful episode. A lot of interesting things did come up, though, for us. Uh, so let's dive in and uh, see. Let's start with the IMDb page uh, for uh, Kirby Hal Batiste, uh, who's an actress and writer, writer from London. Uh, here she starred in Echo Ick, uh, the West End play, uh, with uh, the Talwa. Uh, with the Talawa Theater Company, uh, Britain's foremost black-led theater company, uh, she's been she's in Upright Citizens Brigade now in L.A. Uh, and I mean, not anymore. I mean, once like she, the, the, she, now she's world famous. I mean, now this is just I don't know how long she's on the season for, but uh, I would expect. But uh, oh, I was trying to read her IMDb page. Sorry, uh, but. Uh, I would expect that her career, like I say, well, we, we saw her when she was on uh, The Good Place. I mean, just from some of the small things, but it looks like she's been in uh, Big Farm for Eve, uh, Barry, uh, Downward Dog, uh, Love. Uh, she, I'll link to some of the, she's been in a bunch of Earwolf podcasts, so I'll link to a bunch of them. Yeah, but really delightful. Uh, let's see. Then Trevor mentioned lemon bars. Uh, so I looked up some recipes for lemon bars just to see, I mean, I know what a lemon bar looks like. Uh, I don't have them very often, but I said, what is it like? Uh, what's in a lemon bar? Like, let's uh, it says it's easy. This is according to the pioneer woman, uh, June 22nd, 2015, uh, 40 minutes of prep time, 15 minutes, of co- 40 minutes of cook time, 15 minutes of prep time. Had no idea of lemon bars. How I knew you. Uh, paraphrasing from the Pioneer Woman, they often for, fall by the wayside and get for, forgotten for months at our house. Uh, we're more of a chocolate chip uh, cookie, chocolate anything, and then fruit cobblers and crisps. Uh, but sometimes they got to get lemon bars back in the game. Uh, when they do, they go over well. Uh, but also she says, uh, I'm a little weird about them and I tend to not love them if they're made with lemon filling with a super thin crust. Uh, so mine have a thicker cookie crust and a not too thick layer filling. Give them a try. But basically you butter pan, uh, butter it some more. Then you make the base uh, with flour and sugar, salt, and then a slow internet connection, uh, whisk it, a lot of butter that you cut up uh, into cubes. It looks like you may need a pastry cutter uh, until you make it lumpy sand or coarse crumbs. Uh, then uh, put that in the dish. Oh, oh, wow, this seems, it does seem easy. 
Uh, press it along the edges, uh, 350 for 20 minutes. Uh, then make the filling, which is sugar flour, zest, uh, nice pile of zest. Uh, then uh, lemon juice. Let's see. Um, like about four lemon lemon juices. Uh, and then a bunch of eggs, and you mix that all together, whisk it, pour the juice in, throw in the zest. Uh, that's the filling. Then you take the base out uh, and uh, test it. Uh, then pour the filling in, cover it, uh, then put it back in the oven until it sets. Uh, and then it looks like you sprinkle, what's that stuff called? Uh, uh, powdered sugar over the surface of the bars, and then that's it. You cut them up, and it looks like it's good to go. So nothing too mysterious. I don't know why, like, uh, I would have thought it would have taken 50 hours. Okay, so then there's this meme that uh, both uh, uh, Trevor and uh, Jason, like, called Darn Daniel, which I'd never seen before. And it's basically, well, I'll read this article from The Verge. Uh, it's a couple of years old, the, the meme. Yeah, this article is from February 23rd, 2018. It's by Caitlin Tiffany, uh, two years off after Darn Daniel. Two years ago, you know, you're, you were a little bit younger, and you'd just seen Beyonce's Super Bowl halftime show. And not only after that, a series of Snapchats were combined into a short video and tweeted by Riverside Polytechnic High School student Josh. Uh, and they were of his friend, uh, uh, pictures, of, like videos of his friend Daniel wearing sneakers where he would say, darn, Daniel. Uh, and then one time he said, back at it again with the white vans. And this is where the article really captures this. He sort of laughs in the middle of that sentence, the kind of failure to keep composure that's specific to that time in your life when you're a teenager and you have basically no other responsibilities other than laughing and, I don't know, reading books. You're certain that the 14 or so people who matter most to you in your life are fun, the only funny and interesting people on the planet uh, and the only people on the same page as you. And you yourself are so funny and interesting for now. You know, you feel so great. Uh, and so this came out, and it's just like a clip of him, like... Uh, basically by pumping his friend up. And, I mean, the article goes on to discuss a bunch of, you know, the history and, and, and what's become of the two two young men. Yeah, but what I thought was just interesting is that Trevor likes this positive meme. I mean, maybe it's the fake Trevor that likes lemon bars. Yeah, but it's just something about the way Trevor was looking at uh, Jason and Tahani. I just wonder where, where things are going. I mean, maybe not. Maybe Trevor's just... Uh, uh, anything, but so the next thing that comes up is naturally is Dick Tracy. And I'm gonna stick to the '90s Dick Tracy just because there's so much to cover, and uh, also because I have this personal connection to some of the music. But it was a 1990 American action comedy film based on the 1930s comic strip character. Uh, Warren Beatty produced, directed, and starred in the film. It also included Al Pacino, Madonna. Glenn Headley, Charlie Corsmo, and it depicts the detective's uh, love relationships with Breathless and Mahoney and Tess Trueheart, as well as his, uh, you know, his action parts. Uh, and it also begins his upbringing of the kid. The development of the film started in the 80s with the screenplay being written and going through different writers and directors, including Spielberg, Landis, Walter Hill, Richard Benjamin. And then it arrived to, to Beatty. It was filmed in Universal Studios. Danny Elfman did the score. But there was three different soundtracks for this. Uh, I mean, this was back when CDs and tapes got sold. It was released in 1990 to mixed reviews, but was a success at the box office and awards time. Sad seven Academy Award nominations uh, and one in three categories. Best Original Song, Best Makeup, and Best Art Direction. The sequel was planned, but they didn't work out, uh, even though it got resolved in 2013. Uh, Beatty did do a Dick Tracy TV special in 2008, 
it's set in the 1930s, but I don't want to go into the, uh, the cast, uh, or I mean the plot of the cast. Uh, I'm thinking about, I think I've only watched this movie maybe once, maybe twice, uh, and probably under the influence the second time. Uh, Beatty had already had a concept as early as 1975, but they couldn't get the rights. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, yeah, like we said, it kind of went around, uh, and they're trying to figure out who to, who to pair it with. Uh, you know, lots of different angles, uh, lots of different leads. Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Tom Selleck, Mel Gibson. Uh, let's see, Walter Hill, Joel Silver were involved for a little while. Uh, Beatty was like, I'll do it for five mil plus 15%. Uh, and, uh, they, like, so they went through a bunch of things. Uh, and they, you know, when Beatty came back, he left, came back, uh, he tried to get Pacino. Then he was like, De Niro, uh, Maha- Madonna was pers- pursued the part, according to this, uh, offering to work for scale. And, uh, let's see, filming began. Uh, design. Okay, let's well, so read about a little bit about the music. Then that's uh, oh, and the marketing. So Elfman did the score uh, based on the success of Batman. Uh, Elfman en- enlisted the help of Oingo Boingo uh, lead guitarist uh, Steve Bartek and Shirley Walker to help, and uh, so they were approaching a different quality and way than Batman. Credible sense of non-reality. Uh, Steven Sondheim did five original songs. Uh, sooner or later, I always get my man more Le- live it alone and like it back in business. And what can you lose? Uh, sooner or later, more were performed by Madonna. Uh, what can you lose was a duet with Mandy Batankin, Mel Torme. Uh, oh, with Mandy Batankin, Maybe with Madonna. Mel Torme saying Live It Alone Like It and Back in Business was performed by Janice Siegel. Uh, uh, Lorraine Feather, Back in Business. Okay. Uh, Dick Tracy was the first film to use digital audio, uh, which Elfman didn't really like. They detested uh, scoring and dubbing in cinema. Uh, film music took a, uh, uh, film music as an art took a deep plunge when Dolby Stereo has hit. It has the capacity to make or- orchestral music sound big and beautiful and expansive, but it can also make sound effects uh, uh, take a higher spot than music. Uh, so Disney was the one putting this movie out. They marketed. They had a successful marketing campaign with Batman. With high concept promotion, McDonald's tie-in, a Warren Beatty interview uh, in 2020 with Barbara Walters. Uh, they had a Roger Rabbit cartoon short, Roller Coaster Rabbit, at the top of the film. Television advertisements uh, based on the kid. 28 TV advertisements, toys with 15 Dick Tracy figures. It was Madonna's idea to include the film as part of her blonde ambition world tour. Uh, prior, prior to the 1990 theatrical release, Disney had already done a Dick Tracy musical stage theater show in Disneyland and Disney World uh, using the Sondheim and Elfman music. Uh, uh, Disney stores in the 1990s were selling tons of Tracy merchandise. Uh, they uh, had a novelization. Uh, they were even thinking about doing theme park rides. Uh, but so, but I actually for Christmas uh, got uh, one year. It, I think it was cassette tape and not a CD. Uh, I'm breathless. Music from and inspired by the film Dick Tracy by Madonna. And yeah, I'm a Madonna fan. I always was. In 1990, I got it. I guess. Uh, or I guess I would have got it Christmas of 1990. It came out in May. Uh, let's see. After filming was complete, Madonna began work on the soundtrack with Sondheim, Patrick Leonard, and Bill Buttrell. Uh, she, uh, oh, wait a second, Vogue? No wonder. Holy cow. So this was the album Vogue was on. Uh, musically, I'm Breathless consists predominantly of jazz, swing, and pop songs. Uh, 
reflected, uh, influenced by Madonna's relationship with Beatty, wanted to create music that would fit the style and production of the film. Uh, she has a duet, uh, in support of I'm Breathless and uh, her previous album, Like a Prayer, Madonna embarked on the Blonde Ambition World Tour, where a section was dedicated to her songs from the album. Uh, you know, she definitely had some, uh, like, ups and downs, like, uh, with, uh, you know, those the 90s were still a bit like the 80s with uh, people saying, oh, we want everything vanilla, and, and Madonna was saying, heck no. Uh, most critics applauded the Sondheim numbers and Madonna's vocals. Uh, some said some of the non-film songs weren't as good. Sooner or later, won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, and Breathless was com- commercially successful. Uh, number one in Europe, uh, it hit the top of the charts in Australia, Germany, and Japan. Uh, number two in the USA Billboard 200, double platinum. And, of course, I, you know, I listen to it. I don't think I've listened to it in a long time. Let's see if we can get a list of the tracks here. Vogue. Uh, I mean, just Vogue alone. Come on. No wonder I knew that. I know that song so well. Uh, let's see if there's any other songs I recognize. Uh, he, he's a Man, Sooner or Later, Hanky Panky, I'm Going Bananas, uh, Cry Baby, Something to Remember, Back in business, more. What can you lose? Now I'm following you in vogue. So, you know, I'll be listening to that later. And the uh, I'll probably listen to all three. Okay, let's switch gears. And speaking of switching gears, uh, Tai Chi was brought up. I can't remember if Trevor brought it up or what, but uh, let's just do a brief Wikipedia. Uh, it's a Chinese martial art practice for both its defense training and health benefits. It refers to, to the forces of yin and yang related to the moves. Uh, though originally conceived as martial art, it's uh, typically practiced, practiced for a variety of personal reasons. Uh, so there's multiple frame, training forms, both traditional and modern. And uh, it's spread wild, worldwide. There's different schools. Uh, uh, the concept of the Thai... Taj, uh, Supreme Ultimate with the Wuj, uh, without Ultimate, appears in both Taoist and Confucian Chinese philosophy. It involves five elements, Daolu, uh, ta, ta, uh, solo hand movements, uh, Neigong and Gaigong, uh, uh, breathing movement and self-awareness exercises. I might have to try this. Uh, uh, Tui Shu and San Shu uh, response and uh, well, somebody said like uh, uh, it's, uh, some of it's typified by its slow movements, many styles. Uh, so it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see, and I'm not sure if it's Tai Chi or another form of slow martial arts, but I see this a lot in the Bay Area. Uh, and I say, man, it looks great. Okay, let's get through these. E Street Band is uh, an American rock band, like I mentioned, uh, for Eleanor's backing band, I guess. Uh, it, they were Bruce Springsteen's backing band since 72, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014. Uh, they've also performed with Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, Meatloaf, Neil Young, Lou Reed, Bonnie Tyler, Air Supply, so many more. Uh, they've also recorded solo material and pursued careers as session musicians, record producers, songwriters, actors. Uh, most well-known are either Max Weinberg, who led his own band, and then on The Late Show, and then Tonight Show with Cohen and O'Brien, and then Stephen Van Zandt, who was in the HBO show, uh, and then uh, Lilyhammer. Oh, The Sopranos is HBO show, sorry, yeah. Clarence Clemens is probably, for some reason, that's the person I know the best. Uh, I think maybe Clarence Clemens is just, to me, the, the coolest. No offense to Max or uh, Stephen or anybody else that I don't know. Who's this Dana Carvey person I brought up? Uh, he put a pretty big influence on me. Uh, stand-up comedian and actor uh, known for his work on Saturday Night Live and Wayne's World Films. 
as well as impressions of uh, George H.W. Bush, Ross Perot. And in this case, SNL character is a church lady, also is Hans of Hans and Franz. Oh, Car- Car- Carvey was born in Missoula, Montana. For some reason, I thought he was Canadian. So there you go. That's why he's from Mon- Montana. Uh, Carvey's dad is Brad Carvey, the engineer of Video Toaster, which was early, I believe, a video editing thing. Uh, Garth is based loosely on uh, Brad, his brother. Garvey was in a, a, a couple movies in uh, a television sitcom, a uh, small role in Spinal Tab, uh, which he was a mime. Uh, he's been in videos, uh, short-lived TV series Blue Thunder. Uh, then he was in Tough Guys in 86. Uh, he was in the finalists for the Nickelodeon game show Double Dare, but obviously he didn't get that, uh, but I guess that worked out. Oh, no, he withdrew his name from consideration after he was cast on Saturday Night Live in 86. That's when he became a household name with Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon, Jan Hooks, and Victoria Jackson and kind of brought a revitalization to, to uh, SNL. Uh his breakout character, the church lady, was an uptight, smug, and pious host of Church Chat. Uh, Carvey said he based the character on a woman he knew from church while growing up, uh, who would later keep track of other church, who was keep track of other churchgoers' attendance. Uh, so do yourself a favor, watch some of those on YouTube. Uh, he became so associated with the character that later cast members such as Chris Farley referred to Carvey simply as the lady. Uh, but then he would, again, hit a uh, pretty uh, a big fame with uh, Wayne's World. Also in 92 was when third-party candidate Ross Perot was in a three, like, he was even in the debates, uh, and so that was big. Uh, uh, NBC executives hoped Carvey would take over the 12.30 night spot uh, when Letterman moved to 11.30, yeah, but that spot went to Conan O'Brien. Uh, so it's just a little bit about it. it really, but I mean, someone I, like I, like I remember as kids saying, "Holy cow, this Dana Carvey's the best." Uh, yes, I didn't know he's from Montana though. So, like, what about root beer? I drink it, but I don't know what it is really. Maybe even I've probably covered it on the podcast before. Eleanor gives Chidi a warm glass of it. A uh, sweet American soft drink uh, made using uh, the sassafras tree. Or the sarsaparilla, sim- similax or ornata, is the primary flavor. It can have booze or no booze. Uh, it can naturally free your caffeine or have caffeine added, carbonated or non-carbonated. Usually has a thick, foamy head when poured. Uh, modern commercial, uh, commercially produced root beer is generally sweet, foamy, carbonated, non-alcoholic. And artificially sassafras flavored. Sassafras root is still used to flavor traditional root beer, uh, but usually it's just artificial because they said uh, major producers include uh, Dr. Pepper, Snapple, Coca Cola, Sprecher, Dad's, Berghoff, Whole Foods, and Stewart's. Uh, sassafras root beverages were made by the indigenous peoples of the Americas uh, for culinary and medicinal reasons uh, before the freaking, uh, uh, yeah, before people showed up. Uh, then the Europeans kind of repurposed their techniques uh, and it was sold in confectionery stores since the 1840s. Uh, there's been recipes documented since the 1860s. Could have been combined with soda in the 50, in the 1850s. Uh, pharmacist Chester Elmer Hires was the first to successfully market a commercial brand of root beer. Hires developed his root tea from Sassafras in 1875 and showed a commercial version at the Philadelphia Centennial Exposition in 1876. Uh, began selling his extract. Uh, but uh, coal miners, he wanted to call it root tea, but coal miners call it, wanted it called root beer. One of Hire's earliest competitors was Barks. Uh, uh, then Roy Allen opened A&W, then IBC. So it was interesting. All those are still around. Uh, so that's a little bit about root beer.
boomerangs. Uh, also got a little play in this episode. And it used to be a popular gift that was like never used or used once. Uh, and uh, like uh, it's a thrown tool, typically constructed as a flat airfoil designed to spin about an axis perpendicular to the direction of flight. A returning boomerang designed to return to the thrower. It was used by indigenous Australians uh, for uh, providing. Uh, historically, they've been used for providing sport and entertainment, and uh, now they're thought of as an Australian icon. Uh, historically, it was a traditionally a long uh, wooden device, uh, uh, but they've been made from different materials, uh, also aircraft plywood, plastics, uh, even high-tech materials. Uh, they come in many shapes and sizes, depending on their origin. Many people will think of it as an Australian type, although there are many uh, um, many types of easily usable boomerangs uh, of other types, including the cross stick, the pinwheel, and the tumble stick, and the boomerbird. Uh, important distinction should be made between returning boomerangs and non-returning boomerangs, especially before you throw it. Uh, Returning boomerangs fly and are an example of the earliest to heavier-than-air human-made flight. Uh, it's two or more airfoil wings arranged so the spinning creates an unbalanced aerodynamic forces that curve its path. So it, it travels an elliptical path and returns to its uh, point of origin when thrown correctly. Uh, while a throwing stick can also be shaped like a boomerang, someone from a throwing stick organization must have wrote this. Uh, it's designed to travel straight as possible so it can be aimed and thrown with great force. Uh, so it is a little bit about boomerangs. Uh, lastly, who was this Byron Allen that came up? I didn't know who that was or whom. Uh, and, uh, it's an American comedian. It must be someone that they uh, on the show. Comedian and television producer. Uh, the uh, chief executive of the U.S. television production company Entertainment Studios, a uh, co-host of Real People, the Byron Allen Show. I must have, like, uh, somehow I missed out on this. Uh, uh, 18, Allen made his television debut on Johnny Carson. Maybe I've seen him. Real People, I thought I've seen that show. Uh, his show, Kicking It with Byron Allen, uh, it was uh, Byron Allen. Why, why can I not picture this in my head? Yeah, one hour, uh, Entertainers with Byron Allen was another show. Uh, 93, he formed uh, Entertainment Studios. Allen, he did. He acquired the television assets of the Weather Channel for approximately $300 million in 2018. So I guess that was true. So that's why it got brought up. Uh, they said, why is it weird? They said, I don't know. It just is. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit about that. Uh, get in, snuggle in, and uh, listen to these thank yous. Good night. All right. Thanks and, thanks and good night to everybody, almost everybody that reviewed the uh, show on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Pixie J- J- JXX did not like the show. Uh, get your words out. One star. Om- OMG. I had to turn it off because I couldn't handle how he talks. Uh, stutters, uh, slurs, and I feel uh, listen to him try to talk. No thanks. Uh, if you're someone who gets frustrated, people who can't speak clearly, this will do the opposite of put you to sleep. Uh, thanks, Pixie. Uh, Brittany V from Canada. They're from Australia. Brittany V's from Canada. She says, finally. They say, finally, uh, struggled with insomnia since 2013 and been doing a lot to try to fix it. Counseling, bedtime routine, no caffeine, uh, different uh, things uh, take by mouth, uh, distracting myself with audiobooks or TV or movies I've seen a million times and nothing works consistently. It's been about two weeks since I found the podcast. It took me three nights to get used to, but now I'm on night seven of a normal nighttime sleep. I've turned it on after I read a book, taken my sleeping pills, and settled down. Uh, it helps me feel not feel alone. Gives my brain something to focus on instead of running anxious thoughts. Uh, it's like having someone chill being at with you at times that are frustrating and feel so lonely. This is the whole purpose of the podcast. Thank you for this review. 
it's uh, not the only thing contributing to good sleep, but it has really helped facilitate the other habits that help me relax. I have no idea what the podcast is about. I can't remember any stories. I guess that means it's working. Uh, Man P says, uh, Star Trek recaps are worth it alone. PNG recaps are genius, and I sort of wish uh, it was just that, uh, honestly. Uh, Grateful, that's from uh, Love uh, uh, Deloka. Living the love Deloka, as we say. The podcast helped me not only fall asleep, but stay asleep after waking up consistently at 3.30 a.m., this podcast has helped me through the night. I don't know how it works, but it does. Love, thanks, Scooter. Uh, Love Magnet 71 from uh, Denmark says this really works. You tried all kinds of advice for falling asleep, but this is the first one that works. You try to listen. After a while, you realize nothing important is being said. Still, a stream of words in a way are in the way of your own thoughts. He mixes in meaningless words. Your brain goes, oh, I don't have to try to figure out this out. I'm leaving, and you go to sleep. I'm so grateful for this nonsense. Uh, Lisa, uh, K dog says the best sleep podcast I found odd, but endearing. It'll be on my tombstone. Probably, uh, maybe just, or maybe just odd. I'll say, so we'll save money. We'll just put odd. uh, they charge 10 bucks a letter. I very much enjoy his original stories. I often fall asleep before his stories are finished, but I go back the next night and finish it off. It's not unusual. I'll listen to the same story three nights before I finish it. Also enjoy letting it run all night when I wake up. He's there chatting me back to sleep. Thanks. Uh, here's a, you know, uh, a RX a substitute. Normally I take a RX to sleep, but uh, after two months, uh, I've just taken 10 MGs of sleep with me. Melodic butter indeed. Remember when I invented that? This is from the felines in the U.S. So sometimes while falling asleep, I hear something that makes me giggle. Uh, I don't try trying to follow the story makes me overthink, but thank you. Uh, in-depth review to come. Yeah, that was from the felines. Oddly enough, this is from iCat Jaguar, who says absolute waste. And, you know, they, they go on for more of a tangent. Uh, Broke from Sweden says the podcast is pure gold. And uh, LR uh, Connor 27, the best. Uh, Thanks, MFM Podcast. Uh, you're the best, Scooter. Been listening for a month and never make it past the intro. Well, thanks, everybody, that took the time to review the show. You can do that over in your Apple Podcast app on your phone, or uh, you can do it uh, on iTunes. Uh, Sleeping Me is listener-supported through people that source the show directly or through the sponsors. And we're about a Night Vale Presents. Uh, you can find all their amazing shows. Lots of new shows launching over there. Uh, NightvalePresents.com. And PRX, you're going to see everything they're doing at prx.org. And there, here, let me tuck you in. Cue up another episode if you need it. I'm here to help. Good night.